What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Reno Soups. I'm your host, Tyreek. Be sure to leave a like on the video, subscribe to this channel if you are new. This is the place where we talk all about NBA basketball, so if you love hoops, this is the place for you. And today we're looking at NBA.com's GM survey. Basically, this is a survey that NBA.com puts together each year where they ask all 30 GMs around the league a certain layer of questions, where, whether it's who's going to win the championship, who's going to win MVP, rookie of the year, best team out west, best, best team in the east, etc., etc. You guys get the idea. I think it's interesting to get a perspective from the guys that actually make the decisions, you know, the trades, the free agent signings and all that. So I think it'll just be an interesting little video and we get to see what the actual decision makers think about some of the teams and players around the league. So let's go ahead and get into it. And as you can see here, NBA.com's 2021-22 GM survey. This is by John Schumann of NBA.com. They do this every single year. Um, at you know, they ask questions like, "Who's a player that you would want to build your franchise around right now?" Um, they ask a lot of different questions, and over time, it's funny because a lot of times these questions are kind of wrong. Like that, a lot of times they miss who they picked to win the championship. Like I think last year the Lakers were the heavy favorite, but obviously the Lakers didn't win the championship due to a lot of different reasons. But still, it's hard to predict things like that. I think that's why it's kind of fun. Everybody loves predictions, so we get to see what the GMs around the league think about their predictions this season. So right off the bat, question is who's gonna win the NBA Finals? And the heavy favorite is the Brooklyn Nets. Rightfully so, they have the most offensive talent and firepower between their three stars that maybe we've seen all time, man. Um, three of the best scorers in the league on one team. And it's arguable if even just James Harden or Kyrie Irving were fully, were fully healthy last season, they probably still would've won the championship. I think that's um, pretty safe to say. And this is definitely the safe pick. And I think the Lakers is another safe pick. Um, like I mentioned last year, look at LA being an 81% favorite to win the championship. Just shows you how hard it is to actually win the championship. A lot of the things do have to go right for you. This next one's kind of interesting. Um, the Eastern Conference standings, they only do the top four teams, but each team that got a vote is basically, you know, in the pool. So there's seven teams that got a vote to be a top four team. Um, you see the Brooklyn Nets, the heavy favorite to be the one seed. The Milwaukee Bucks are right behind them. Um, I can see either one of those teams kind of being inter interchangeable in the regular season. Um, with Brooklyn, you know, we just have to see them be a healthy, you know, have a healthy season. I think that's most important. For Milwaukee coming off a championship, obviously, I don't think they're going to be as in tune to take the regular season as serious, especially coming off that championship. They didn't really take the regular season as serious last season, so I don't really expect them to come out guns blazing this year either. I think the Miami Heat is a team that, you know, would like to really get a top seed, like a top, you know, two seed in the Eastern Conference. I think that could benefit them well because they are a team that historically plays a lot better at home. So I think Miami is, I think those are clearly the top three teams. With Philly, we really don't know about them. They're the fourth ranked team right here. We don't know because Ben Simmons, right, as of right now, said he's not playing for them. They still haven't found a trade for him. So that's, you know, a big, what, that's a big question mark on this team. Next, we have the Atlanta Hawks. I can see that along with the Boston Celtics and Indiana being, you know, seven kind of surprises me. Um, then again, each GM gets a vote. So maybe this is the Pacers front office taking this vote. But either way, um, I would, I don't know why the Bulls and the Knicks don't get as much love in these um, preseason rankings. Um, they don't really get that much love. And I think those two teams are going to be very good this year. So interesting right there. And let's move on to the West. Also last season, the Bucks were picked to win the East. So that's kind of interesting right there. Um, last season, the Lakers were picked to win the West, and that did not happen. They didn't even get the one seed last year. A lot of that, like we said, due to injuries. But this season, the Lakers 80% favorite to win the Western Conference, followed by Utah and Phoenix. And then we got Denver at four, Golden State at five, the Clippers at six, Dallas and Portland rounded out the top eight. 
Um, I think the Lakers is definitely the safe pick. I think on paper they had one of the better off seasons in my opinion. A team like Utah, I think they're kind of interchangeable with Phoenix in my opinion. I think Phoenix might be more built to be a playoff contender than the Jazz. We, we still got to see with the Jazz, man, because I bought into them last season and I got kind of disappointed when the postseason came around. They they were banged up too, but they had their guy, they had their main guys out there when it mattered the most and they weren't able to get it done. So I want to see Utah this season. We know they're going to be a good regular season team. I want to see them in the postseason, see you know if those moves that they made in the offseason make that much of a difference. Denver's the dark horse, man. I think... Even without Jamal Murray, they're still a really good team. It's just, man, if they had Jamal Murray, they would be a team that is competing to make the finals out of the West. And I think that's even with the Lakers fully healthy. I think the Nuggets are that good. I think they're that good. They went all in. They got Aaron Gordon. They paid him. Michael Porter Jr., they paid him um, just last week, I believe. Denver, dark horse in the West. I think Golden State, it really just depends on what they get from Clay when he comes back. Um, good news is Wiggins is now vaccinated. Um, Probably not his favorite thing to do, but the good news is that he gets to play in games. So he, he basically said, like, it's either, you know, get vaccinated or don't play. So he decided to get vaccinated. And I think, you know, the small signings they made, like maybe an auto porter at what they paid him can be a big time steal of a signing in the offseason. We'll just have to see. Uh, the Clippers, I think it's kind of just a, an experiment year, but I still think they're going to be a good team. Dallas and Portland, I can see them being in the spots because Dallas did not get that much better. And Portland, I'm just not really sold. I like the Larry Nance move in the offseason, but outside of that, I don't think this team took drastic steps forward to get better than what they were last season. And then next we got, you know, the MVP favorites. Interesting right here. Um, number one is Kevin Durant. And I would argue that his teammate James Harden should be an MVP favorite. That's my opinion. I think James Harden had a legit case to win it last season before the hamstring injury took him out. Um, the Nets were a good team. They were a really good team when before they got James Harden, but after they were a great team. And James Harden was even playing without KD and Kyrie out, you know, a lot of times during last season. And the Nets were still winning a lot of games. I think James Harden is that value of a player when it comes to his scoring, to his playmaking. I think James Harden is a viable MVP candidate this season. I think he should be near the top of the list. Um, I could also see KD. Obviously, I think he's the best player in the world right now. So it's not really too far-fetched to say that. Um, a guy like Luka, they would, I think Dallas would have to win. They would have to win a lot of games. It would have to be a top five, you know, seed out west. Top four, top five seed, which is not, you know, impossible. They were a five seed last year. But I think Luka would have to come out of the gate strong. He kind of came out not Luka-like last year. They were losing games early on. So it will have to be a change from last season compared to the way that they came out. Um, I don't think Giannis really cares about winning MVPs. Um, I would argue with Steph Curry being maybe a little higher. And Nikola Jokic is not even on the list, which is kind of surprising. The reigning MVP, um, he's going to have a lot of the tools to do it again this year with Jamal Murray being out too. He stepped up his play when Murray was out, and Nuggets were still a really good team, so that's kind of interesting. But I would argue James Harden could be the, uh, the MVP favorite, and I also think um, Trey Young should be somewhere on this list. I'm surprised he's not anywhere to be found on this list. I think Trey Young should be somewhere on here because I think he can win it. He's going to put up the numbers. And if the Hawks, you know, get a top four seed, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in the discussion. This one's interesting, man. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign one player in the league, who would you take? Who would you take? I mean, you can't go wrong with Luka and Giannis. Those are the main two. 
understandably so. I mean, they're both young. I think Giannis is like 26. Luca's very. I think Luca's only like 22, 23. Very young players. Done a lot already in their short careers. But man, those are the easy answers, bro. Them are the easy answers. Uh, what about somebody that's not on this list, man? I would. I wouldn't mind starting a franchise with a with a Trey Young or like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Jason Tatum or D Book. I wouldn't mind starting a franchise with one of those guys. Only reason I wouldn't say somebody like a KD or LeBron James or James Harden because they're older. They're over thirty. Like those. That's the only reason why I wouldn't say one of those guys. But I think you know why not take a a Jason Tatum or you know even a John Morant, a Trey Young. You know just some other young guys, man, because. Of course, everybody will want Luka. Everybody will want Giannis, but those are the those, them are the easy answers, man. Them are the easy answers. Just you know, mix it up a little bit. But they got the majority of the votes. Eighty-three percent of the votes were between those two. AD received votes. KD, LeBron, uh, Jokic, Zion also received votes too. Um, yeah, surprisingly, no Tatum, no Trey Young, no John Morant, no Carl Anthony Towns. I think Cat. Um, I think Cat don't have a big year, man. My guy Pierre, who's a part of Through the Wire, uh, which is one of the best basketball podcasts out there, um, he said he thinks Cat is really going, you know, put put people on notice this season, man. And it's just crazy how quickly we forget how good Cat is, man. Because a couple injuries, the Timberwolves haven't been that good. Um, it's crazy just how fast we forget. Like Cat was leading this list just a couple years ago, maybe like three years ago. Cat was the front runner on this list. It was taking Carl Anthony Towns. So. Hopefully the Timberwolves. I'm really rooting for them to, you know, be competitive this season. I think Cat is really going to shake back and show people that he's a top three center in the world. I believe that. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Steph Curry makes sense. I mean, you kind of have to change your defense a lot of time, especially last season. He was receiving a lot of double teams up at half court. Of course, you got to change a lot. James Harden was doing that over the years too. Um, everybody on this list is very understandable. Very understandable. Last year, James Harden was the leading candidate. And then when you can't double-team James Harden because he's playing with elite talent, um, Steph Curry's the next guy that really does that a lot. So, makes sense. I can see Dame getting some votes, too. I'm surprised he's not on this list. Um, after that, which player is most likely to have a breakout season? This is the question I was looking forward to the most. Um, there's guys like Jaron Jackson, Anthony Edwards, Michael Porter Jr., Darius Garland, I think is a very good one. A very good candidate to you know win the most improved. Um, I guess John Morant's breakout would be an all-star. I could... I'm in the camp of I can really picture John Morant being an all-star this season. Um, I believe him and Shea are probably two of my top guys that could be first-time all-stars this year and have a really good chance of doing so. And Kevin Porter Jr. also is on this list with seven percent. Keldon Johnson as well. I don't know if I said, I don't know if I read over his name. Uh, Aiden received votes. Lamelo, Lonzo, we got Shea, DeAndre Hunter, Karis LeVert, Terrence Mann, Cat. Um, I don't know how a breakout season for Cat. He's already been an all-star. We know he's one of the best in the league. Devin Fasil is an interesting one. Zion's already been an all-star. I don't really understand that. Like, what's a breakout season? Is an MVP like a breakout for Zion? I don't I don't really get that. Uh, last season, Shea and Michael Porter Jr. were the top two vote-getters for this award or this question. Um, I would argue, you know, some more names. Let's throw some more names out there. Um, some guys that didn't get some light uh, shedded on them. Um... First guy that came to mind was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's going to get starting minutes now for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that could be a you know breakout season for him. I also want to say Monte Morris is going to be a starter this season. He played really well in the postseason. I think his numbers can elevate you know to a you know high level. I really do believe that. 
Um, I'm interested in a guy like Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero is going to have a really good bounce back season. Um, I'm in that camp. I think Tyler Hero, he hooped last night in the preseason. I think he had like 24 points, scored like 14 straight. He's going to have one role in Miami coming off that bench, and that's to score the ball. So I can see Tyler Hero having a really big year um, coming off that Miami bench. Yeah, I think those will probably be, you know, three guys that came to mind off the top of my head that I can think of right now. Um, oh, Jordan Poole, too. Jordan Poole, I think he can have a really good year coming off of that Golden State Warriors bench. Um, them are the guys in my mind that I think are due for, not due for a breakout season, but outside of the players that they named here, they have a really good chance of having a breakout year. And now we got who's the best player at each position. Um, we know Steph Curry's the best point guard. Only thing I didn't like about this, I've seen this on Twitter um, beforehand. This is the one thing I did already see was the position list. Only thing I didn't like is they got players sitting at multiple positions like LeBron's at like three different positions. Giannis is at like three different positions. KD's at a couple different. Luka's not exclusively a point guard or a shooting guard. That's the only thing I don't like. That's the only thing I don't like. We just got to keep it consistent, man. Keep it consistent because I just, I don't know. I, I just don't like how it's very inconsistent. I really don't like that. But uh, for point guards, we know Seth Curry's the best. He got 57% of the votes. Dan's right behind him with Luka. I think those guys are interchangeable in my opinion. And then LeBron at 7%. And then you got Chris Paul. Uh, Steph won the voting last year with 30%. Next, we got shooting guards. James Harden has been the best shooting guard in the league for a long time. It's been a long time since there was a better shooting guard in the league. Um, surprisingly, no Bradley Beal on this list. I thought people really like Bradley Beal a lot. And see, also, Steph Curry got votes for shooting guard. I don't like that. Like, you're taking votes away from other guys. I really don't like that. Steph is he's the point guard. That's plain and simple. He's the point guard on the Warriors. This doesn't get any deeper than that. Um... Yeah, no Donovan Mitchell got votes either, so kind of interesting right there. And Luka got votes in shooting guard, too. It's just like, bro, Luka's really never played. He played shooting guard for part of his rookie year, maybe, when Dennis Smith Jr. was still on the team, but that's it. Uh, small forward KD, like I said, I think he's the best player in the world. Uh, LeBron's right behind him, but, I mean, KD's pretty much a power forward now, so, yeah. That's that's the only thing I don't like. Uh, Kawhi's also here. Giannis received votes for small forward. He's probably played a minuscule amount of minutes at small forward. Then Giannis, they have him at the best power forward. They also have LeBron getting 27% of the votes. And then they have KD getting 10. And then the center, Jokic got the respect, which is kind of surprising. And he got 63% of the votes. That's a lot. Embiid right behind him. And then Giannis also got votes at center. Interesting. Which team made the best moves in the offseason? The most surprising thing right here is that the Bulls did not get any votes. People really hate the Bulls offseason, and I don't know why, man. They got talent. They just brought in talent, and people just don't like that at all, which is very surprising. The Rockets got votes. Then uh, Oklahoma City Thunder got votes. Okay. Uh, even the Portland Trailblazers got votes. And the Bulls did not get any votes. I do think the Miami Heat and the Lakers had the two best offseasons, though. I will agree with that. And I think the Nets had a very good offseason as well. But the Bulls, they don't get any love with these preseason predictions. Player acquisition will make the most impact. I think Kyle Lowry and Russell Westbrook are pretty um, given. But I like the next question, underrated, man. Um, Larry Nance is a big one. I think that's a very big one. I think a guy like, I see Patty Mills on here. I think that's also very viable. But I mentioned a guy like a Paul Millsap. I think that can be a very big, impactful piece, you know, to, to his new team. Um, also, I see guys that got votes like Alex Cruz. So I think that's very... Um, very much given. I think Daniel Schroeder getting only, you know, getting him for the mid-level exception, and now he's now you have a dynamic guard coming off of your bench that can score the ball, facilitate a little bit at just a small amount of money. That is a, 
underrated signing. I think people forget Dennis, Dennis Schroeder is still very good. Still a very good player, just didn't end well in LA. Um, also, I see Jeff Green on here. I mentioned Jeff Green a lot in the offseason. I think that was a very good move by the Denver Nuggets. Which team will be most improved? The Bulls pretty much ran away with this one. And very warranted. I think the Bulls are going to be a playing, at least, very least, very worse a playing team. At the very worst of playing team. Um, the Hornets got love there. I like that. I like the Mason Plumlee move. I like what they did in the draft, too. Getting a James Book Knight at 11. Getting Kai Jones, I think, at 19. They made some very good moves in the draft as well. Uh, next, the most surprising move, yeah, Russell Westbrook, really the top two, like the more the Rosen caught a lot of people off guard, myself including, and, and the Russell Westbrook one because of what was transpiring right before had happened um, was the Buddy Hill trade with Kuzma going to Sacramento. Instead, right, like right after that news broke, the news broke that, oh no, Russell Westbrook is getting traded. So, now we talking rookies, uh, Jalen Green is the, I won't, I'm not run away because Kay Cunningham is very close for Rookie of the Year, and I I agree. Uh, Jalen Green is my favorite for Rookie of the Year, and it's only because there's less people to really take the ball out of his hands on the perimeter in Houston compared to Detroit, where they're probably trying to get Killian Hayes acclimated to, and you still have a Jeremy Grant. So there's some guys that might take some shine away from Cade, but I think those are the top two for sure. Um, other than that, Jalen Suggs got the third most votes with 7%, and I think he's a little dark horse candidate. Next, who will be the best in five years? Seems to always be a big that gets this this nod, and Evan Mobley's the one. I think Evan Mobley's a very good prospect, but you gotta think, James Wiseman was the pick last season. He still has time to do it, but we'll have to see. And Ben Simmons was the one five years ago. It's arguable if Ben Simmons is the best in his draft class. Which rookie was the biggest steal? Um, I guess Jalen Suggs was a, a steal. I kinda said that in my video yesterday. I mean, he fell one spot, you know, from where everybody thought he was gonna go, but I guess it's a steal. Um, Shangun also gets votes. I think Book Knight was probably the biggest deal. I think he fell kind of drastically in that lottery. So I think he would probably be the biggest deal out of this class, you know, right now on paper. Also, Trey Murphy getting votes. So I think that's pretty warranted. I think that was a very good pick by the Pelicans. Then the next question is, who's the best international player in the league? That would be Giannis. Uh, pretty evident. He got 60% of the votes with Luka and Jokic following him. And then who's the best not in the NBA? I thought this was an interesting question. Uh, they said Nikola Mirotic is the best. Um, I think he's still good enough to play in the league, but he's been out of the league for a few years now, which is kind of surprising. Then we get the defense. They say Giannis is the best defensive player in the league. Above Rudy Gobert, above Ben Simmons, who only got 7% of the votes. Kind of interesting. Kawhi got 10, along with Drew Holiday. Then who's the best perimeter defender? They say Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons following him. Best interior is, of course, Rudy Gobert. That's why he wins defensive player of the years all the time. And then the best, the most versatile defender, they say Giannis. Uh, I think you could definitely argue Ben Simmons, but I think Giannis is still, you know, a very versatile defender, of course. And then the best defensive team, they say it's the Bucks. Pretty cool answer. They are the defending champs. Then we get into coaches. They say Eric Spolster is the best coach, followed by Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Greg Popovich, and Coach Bud. Surprisingly, getting some votes, three percent of them. Uh, who's the best manager slash motivator out of the coaches? They say Monty Williams. I think that's very pretty evident. And I also think they got Steve Kerr at 10%. Um, sure. I think Ty Lue should maybe got a little more votes than what he did. Uh, next, who makes the best in-game adjustments? Ty Lue proved that in the postseason that he is probably the best adjuster in the league when it comes to head coaches. And then who runs the best offensive unit? 
I guess Quinn Snyder, their offense is really just a five-outs game, so it's whatever at that point. Uh, the best defensive scheme, Tom Thibodeau, very evident. Um, changed that Knicks culture around completely. They were, were one of, if not the best defensive team in the league last season. Can't remember off the top of my head. And which new head coach or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact? I think Rick Carlisle is pretty, um, a pretty popular answer, not only because it's 64%, but I think he's a very good coach that was surprisingly on the move. And he's going to a team that has a lot of talent, so not a bad pick there by the NBA GMs. Then we get to assistant coaches. They say Kenny Atkinson is the best, and Darvin Ham also. Those two split with 17%. Um, don't know why either one of those guys have not gotten a head coaching opportunity over the last couple seasons. And which active player will make the best head coach someday? Chris Paul. I don't know how many people would want to play for Chris Paul, bro. Or Rondo. But, interesting. I think Mike Conley would be a good coach. TJ McConnell, too. And they got Udonis Haslam, and Garrett Temple looks like a head coach. He definitely looks like he got head coaching in his future, for sure. We just got some extra questions, like, who's the most fun to watch? Which team has the best home court advantage? Which team has the most promising home court? They said the, Net, the Nets are the most fun team to watch. Pretty evident they have a lot of star power. The best home court advantage, they say Utah is the best. Denver followed by them, and then we got Madison Square Garden with the Knicks. And then the Trailblazers, interesting. I mean, a few years ago, Golden State was clear, clearing away the best home court advantage in the league because they was only losing like maybe five games a season at home. And which team has the best young core, most promising? They say the Hawks, they got 50% of the votes. I think that's clear because they've already had a lot of success. You know, just this past postseason, they, they made the conference finals and they have a pretty young core. You know, most of their players are, you know, at or below the age of 25. A lot of the other ones weren't really worth going over, but these last two I think were kind of interesting. Uh, they said, which player would you want taking the last shot with the game on the line? KD got 41% of the votes. KD got 41% of the votes. Um, Dame was third, with Steph Curry being second. Last season, Dame was the favorite, so that's kind of interesting. You know, KD has swayed the, the voters in this survey a lot after last postseason. And then this one, what rule, what rule needs the most change? And they already changed the rule about, you know, foul baiting. We've seen that already in the few preseason games that have been on. Um, so the GMs think the transition fouls, like how teams take fouls to slow down a transitional opportunity needs to be changed. And I'm not sure what that would look like. Um, I'm not sure what that would look like, especially when they want to speed the game up. So they might try to find a way to make that like maybe a free throw in possession or something like that. Um, other ones is like additional coaches challenges or keep your challenge when it's successful, I think that is, I think that's fair, very fair. This is interesting, free agency before the draft, for as long as I've known free agency has been after the draft, but um, other leagues like the NFL have free agency before the draft, so when you go into the draft, you know exactly what you need, which I think this makes sense. I think that definitely makes sense. Uh, they want to see the playoffs, one through 16. That's something that's going to be talked about until it happens or if it doesn't happen. It's going to be talked about a lot. But if you did enjoy, be sure to leave a like, subscribe, and I'll be back with another video next time, y'all.